Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Great to be with you here today. My name is Josiah and I am the location pastor at our Tamworth location. And I'm excited to be able to share this with you today. And I hope that you can be encouraged today. Now, uh, I've grown up in church. I've been around church my whole life. And encouraged is one of those things that, I mean, you can hear that every time you, I guess we could say, tune in to church or attend church before COVID, uh, that we want you to be encouraged, that we want you to, you know, be blessed. It's 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 one of those kind of Christian cliche sort of things. And, and I bring that up uh, not to be rude or be upsetting about Christianity. I love Christianity, obviously. I am a Christian. I am a pastor. But one of the things uh, that I want to talk to us about, and really the whole idea that I want to build around, is built around something that has been really sort of a big Christian cliche. And there's a lot of them. I mean, I've heard them all through the years. I've got some of my favorites here that I want to share with you. One of the things that I love that we pray for people before they travel, before they go somewhere, uh, you know, before they step into something else, we pray, God, that there would be a hedge of protection. A, a hedge of protection. Like, I don't know if you know what a, a hedge is, but you know, it's, it's kind of like a, we could just say some bushes, some bushes of protection. I, you know, I, I, why don't we pray something more like, God, would you just send like ninjas of protection around them or, or flaming warriors of awesomeness to surround them covered in barbed wire and shields and steel and... No, we pray bushes of protection around each other. Or give me another one. When it comes to um, couples, you know, we got couples that are, you know, maybe they're going on a date or something like that. We would say to them, make sure you leave room for the Holy Spirit. You know, so this is pre-social distancing now. And don't get me wrong. If we're talking my daughters who, you know, they're still pretty young. But when the day comes that maybe somebody wants to take them out for a date, let me tell you how much room needs to be left between him and her for the Holy Spirit. I figure the Holy Spirit needs about four meters of space. Like it takes social distancing to a whole nother level when we're talking my daughters. But, you know, we'd say, hey, make sure when you're out there tonight, you leave room for the Holy Spirit. Or, you know, for us as Christians, we don't have parties. We don't have hangouts. We, we, we. We have fellowship. And it's the only place where we say this. We say, hey, we're going to get together. We're going to have some fellowship. Let's have some fellowship. Why don't you come over to my house? We can have fellowship. It's a Christian cliche. It's something we only say. Or when we used to gather, uh, and you know, some of us are gathering. We're going to be gathering again soon. Hopefully we're praying. But, but you know, one of the things when we would greet new people, we would say, hey, we're so happy that you're here today. And after the service, would you go out into our new person's area, new this, wherever, connect lounge, whatever it is we would call it. And this is churches everywhere. This isn't just elevation. One of the things that, that I've heard so many times people say is this, is come out there and, and, and meet some of the team. We just want to love on you. You want to love on me? Ugh. Yeah. We want to love on you. We want to connect with you. Uh, bro, I'm just here for the first time. I don't want to be loved on or connected with. <laughs> or the last thing, and this is the Christian cliche word that, I, word that I want to talk to us about here today, is the word seasons. It can be our catch-all, end-all, just way of kind of capping an awkward conversation or an awkward moment. Someone could say, I'm going through a hard time. And we could say to them, well, you know, it's just a season. Or when we're stepping into a new job or stepping in doing something we don't really like, we can say, well, it's just this season. And it is a cliche, but you know what? 
It is so true that God operates and works in seasons in our life. And I'm so reminded of this right now because this has been a year of just the weirdest seasons ever. I can never have I experienced anything in my life like the season of this year that we have been in. And I want to read you a scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter three. And one of the mistakes that we make is we think that God only works in one type of season that maybe God only works in summer or spring or whatever it is. But you know, God is working in every season. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verses one through through eight says this, for everything there is a season, turn, 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 and a time for every matter under heaven, turn, turn, turn. The scripture doesn't actually say turn. (laughs) I am quoting the famous bird song from the 60s from the movie Forrest Gump, classic movie. That's what I think of anyway when I hear those lyrics. I think of Forrest Gump. I think of him saying, I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is, Janae. That's where these lyrics came from. You may not have known. It's actually a scripture, and it's actually the truth. The Bible says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. It goes through here because it's saying that, you know what? there are seasons in our lives. And one of the things in moving to Tamworth, which was just a little bit over a year ago that I have loved is that Tamworth has seasons. And that's one of the things that we can forget. Sometimes if we're in a more of a tropical climate where it's kind of just, you know, slightly colder and slightly warmer, other than that, it's kind of really in a creamy center all of the time, no judgment, but we can forget that life isn't endless summer that there are seasons. And if you try to refuse those seasons, you refuse them at your own peril. And why I feel a sense of urgency to share this is because I feel like there are a lot of us out here today who might be listening to this and might be saying, when am I going to be in a season when God is moving? Or when am I going to be in a season where things are, where God is around and God is doing what what he needs to do? I want you to know that God is always working and in your season right now, that God is there. You see, we live in the age and the time of the highlight. We think God only works in the highlights, the healings, the breakthroughs, the best, the first, the fast, the sensational, that that is the only time that God is moving. And what we do is this, we mistake the unseen for the unimportant and the unknown for underwhelming. But do you know this, that even in the unseen, and I would say this, particularly in the unseen, God is doing incredible work. Did you know that even in the times where we don't feel like it's a summer season, maybe it's a winter season, that God is doing great work in that time? Did you know, I'll give you an example from scripture where we can know this. And this is how amazing the Bible is. The Bible is speaking to us even when it's not saying anything. I'll show you what I mean in a minute. Jesus' life, the life of Christ, is mostly unknown and mostly unapplauded. There's the story in scripture in Luke chapter two. Well, obviously we have the story in Luke chapter one of Jesus being born, 
We celebrate that every Christmas time, which, you know, Christmas is not that far away, hard to believe again already. But we have the story of Jesus' birth. We have the story of that. Then we have this gap, and we have uh, in Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 43, Jesus and his parents going to Jerusalem, and, uh, you know, Jesus stays behind at the temple, and he's there speaking, and they lose him for a few days. And I mean, if you're a, a parent and you've ever had even a few moments where you can't find your kid, whether it's in a shop or even at home or whatever, sometimes my kids think it's funny to hide, and you're yelling their name, and you go crazy. Can't imagine what it was like for Mary and Joseph. They find him, and Jesus says, you know, why were you looking for me? I was here. I'm doing my father's business. That's in uh, Luke. Luke chapter 2, verse 49. And then in Luke 2, 52, we have a summary of 18 years of Jesus' life, because this is around age 12, and we don't have anything again until Jesus is in age 30. It says this, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. That's how the Bible summarizes 18 years of his life, where we don't know anything and there are, you know, there are legend things that people made up later on that are not a part of scripture where it says like, oh, well, you know, Jesus was doing this and he would, he would make toys and they would come to life and all those things. Not a part of scripture, not actually what happened, just legend stuff that people tried to add centuries later onto it. Actually, it's anonymous. We don't know what happened other than we know that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God in man. Over 90% of Jesus' earthly life is submerged in the un seen. And you know what? A lot of our life, I would say 90% of our life is unseen as well too, but our age doesn't value anonymity. It doesn't value being anonymous. Our age values availability, doesn't it? We must be available 24-7. We got to be logged in. We got to be interacting. We got to be posting. We got to be commented on. We have to be commenting. We have to be replying all with the proper filter emoji, with the proper lull-inducing comment. Everything is connected all the time and everything has to be broadcasted all the time and everything has to be a highlight and everything has to be, I'm going to this place and I'm doing that and my life is so exciting and my life is so great. And my favorite thing is that when people take a fast or a break from their digital world, from their social media accounts. But before we do that, my goodness, the public can't, can't be wondering where I am because I gotta be available, I gotta be out there, I gotta be public, I gotta be highlighting, I gotta be saying everything that's going on. And so before I do that, I gotta let everybody know, hey, I'm going underground for a while. In fact, I'm fasting, which is just another kind of way. Can I be real here? Can I be totally honest? It's just another way of kind of posting and putting out there that I highlight how awesome I am because I'm so awesome right now. I'm actually taking a break from this. And if you're taking a break and you're totally offended at that, I'm sorry. But it's just my point is not to offend you. My point is we're in an age of availability, of highlight, of everything supposed to be popping and awesome and filtered and great and, and, and liked and, and going viral. And it's a lie that we believe. And so then we think if that's not happening, God is not moving. And this is not a message about turning off your phone or deleting your social media account or technology is evil. And, and you know, you might be watching this on Facebook right now. And so you know, I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful for it. So it's, it's not about that. This is what I want to get across to you today. It's about how God uses the hidden. You might feel hidden today. You might feel like you're in a season that is hidden. It's about how God uses the secret. It's about how God uses the slow. It's about how God uses the non-sensational. It's about how God even uses the lowlights. Because did you know in that list we were looking at in Ecclesiastes, there were some things in there that are 
not the most exciting things, a time to weep, that there is a time to lose, there's a time to cast away, there's a time to mourn, there's a time to die. You see, we, we, we make a mistake and we think that only the first half of the equation is something God can use, it's something God can work in, it's something where God is at. But I want you to know that whatever season you are in right now, and even in this crazy season of our world right now, that God is working. And in fact, I believe God is doing some of his greatest work in this moment and in this time. You might feel anonymous today. You might feel hidden today. You might be frustrated today. But I want you to know that in these moments and in this season, God is going to do some of his deepest and some of his greatest work. You know, we don't know what happened in those years specifically with Jesus, those 18 years. But in that anonymousness, in that secret place, in that hidden place with no one applauding him, no one saying, Hosanna, son of God, no one bowing their knee and worshiping him, no miracles happening. It says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And I don't think the Bible is actually understating. I, my prayer in our life is that in this season and in every hidden season, and what I have found is actually in my times uh, where maybe it's not necessarily a highlight season, but it's a quiet season and it's a drawing in and it's a drawing back and it's a focusing in more on what matters that there is a depth that God does in me. There is a growing where you grow in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. It's not understating it. My prayer for all of us is that we would grow in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. You see, the secret, the secret slow work of God is sacred. It's sacred. We, I think, at times overly promote the highlights because they're exciting, aren't they? The sensational things that happen. And, and don't get me wrong, God is moving and, and, and he does sensational things. He does incredible things. I, we hear stories of it all the time around the world through Christianity, in our own church, in our own life. We hear of things that God is doing that is, is powerful, that's incredible, breakthroughs that happen. But we, at our own peril, sometimes only start to believe that God is only working in those seasons and it's really a part of our whole culture right now, that if we're not beautiful, making tons of money, you know, if, if we're not on holidays, if, if we're not doing something today that is social media post worthy. And as I said, I'm not bagging out social media, but what I'm saying is the spirit of this age, part of it is built around this idea that my whole life is supposed to be a highlight all the time. And it's built around the idea as well, too, just to, just to comment quickly on some things that the, in this same space, that uh, by, by posting this or liking this or, or saying this or adding this hashtag, that that makes me a part of this group or that group, and then to divide the two between. And it's like, well, God only loves and God only works in this people with this group and this political persuasion and this who use these hashtags and who post this. And if you, if you don't do this or you don't follow that or you don't do that, you, God's, God must not even love you. You must be very, it's, it's a divisive thing. And it's an age where we're seeing anxiety, we're seeing depression, we're seeing suicides like never before because the enemy is lying to us and saying, God has forgotten you. God is not using you. You see, God uses low lights of our life, not just the highlights. And God uses low lives as well. 
God specializes in taking something that is broken, something that there is even nothing. You know, God's the only person who's ever created something out of nothing when he spoke and he said, light be. And you might feel like nothing is happening, but I want you to know that that is, that is prime position. In the very first verses of the Bible, it tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. And I want you to know that in that pre-stage where there was without form and void and there was nothing and darkness covered the face of the deep, that God specializes in taking that nothing and turning it into something that, that in a moment of unseen, that in a moment of frustration, that in a season of winter, in a season where it might have been a time of more and a time to die, a time of letting go, that in this God is birthing and breathing something new. And something new, something incredible, something created, something that God speaks like he spoke light into existence and the universe has been expanding ever since, something that powerful comes out of those moments. So let's not despise the unseen. Let's not despise the dark. Let's not despise what seems unimportant to us. Because in this moment, I believe God is prepping us and, and that we are growing in wisdom and stature and favor as individuals, as a church. I know as church leaders that God is working and speaking in people like it's incredible, but it's a deep and it's a slow and it's a sacred thing that God is doing. And out of it, I believe God is going to do something completely new. To make my point one more time, you know, with, with somebody like Moses, we, we think of Moses, you know, say, crossing the Red Sea. We think of him with his staff in his hand and, you know, that Charlton Heston moment where the waters part and everybody crosses over on dry ground. And, and we think, if that's not happening in my life today, God's not moving. I'm forgotten. I'm unloved. I must be doing something wrong. But you do know that Moses stepped out to try to. Uh, help his people Israel and he actually killed an Egyptian in the process and then he flees away to Midian and he's he's in self-imposed exile for 40 years for 40 years before he goes back and stands before Pharaoh and famously says let my people go we forget that for Moses there was that one day leading across pe people across dry land as the sea parted that for that one day, there were 14,600 roughly days in exile with nothing but his thoughts, with nothing but his, did I fail in my calling to set Israel free? Will I be arrested for murder if I return to Egypt? You see, expecting every day to be a Red Sea crossing day is one of the causes for the greatest amount of depression, anxiety we've ever seen. The secret slow work of God is not usually the best Instagram post or Facebook post or best highlight, but in every one of those 14,600 days, God was working in Moses. In every one of those 18 years of anonymity, God was working in Christ and through Christ, and he was growing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. The apostle Paul, when he is saved, there are years and years and years before he goes on his first missionary journey like dozens of years before he goes away. And, and we've missed that because we think it was just highlight pop. They went this, they did that, they did that. But there's this huge gap that God is speaking and moving in and he's doing huge things in those times. Ecclesiastes chapter three as well. I'm going to finish with these couple verses here. This is after the, the great uh, rhyme and, and poetry that, that Solomon started out with when he says there's a time to heal and a time to die and, and all of this. He says this in Ecclesiastes 3.14. He says, I perceived that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it 
so that people fear before him. What do, what do we do out of this message today? What do we, what do we step into? What, what, what's our sort of like an action point? Is to know this, God is at work. And you know what? There's actually nothing I can do to add to that. There's nothing I can do to take away from God. God's never going to be there with his arms crossed like a kid who's had his ball taken away going, Josiah, you took that away from me. That was mine. You were so... No, God is at work and God is working. And I pray that your faith is stirred today. Hebrews 11:6 tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we can think of faith as just believing for big things. And, and that is what faith is. But here's what I believe we need to do. I believe we need to be believing God for big while stepping forward in faith in the small, while stepping forward in faith in the slow, in the sacred, in the unknown, in the invisible, in the, the unseen, knowing that in that, God is working. And I believe we're about to step into a season as the church, not just Elevation Church, but as the church, where God is going to do something completely new. But in it, He's needed to take us and put us in an insular place, put us in a place and draw everything back again, and make it again of like, will you trust me? Not our programs, not our plans, not our abilities, not anything like that, but, but, but my work is the work that is being done. No one can stop it, no one can take anything from it, and it will last forever. God, today, I pray that all of our faith is stirred. God, some people today might be on top of a highlight season right now, and I pray that they would be able to celebrate because there is a time for that, God. It's not that we have to disparage those moments. God, when we're having mountaintop, when we're having highlight moments, God, may we celebrate and laugh and dance and all the things like Solomon said in Ecclesiastes because there's a time for that. But God, also in our seasons of weeping, in our seasons of mourning, in our seasons of loss, God, if there have been businesses that have had to shut in the last season, if there have been family members who have been lost, if there have been uh, just even a sense of balance and normality that we have lost, God, that even in that time of loss, you're still working. You're still with us. It is still a season in you and from you, God. And so, God, we embrace it. And God, we believe for big while stepping forward into just the small obedience today of seeking you, and knowing you. God, I pray all of us would grow in wisdom, stature, and favor with you and with man. I thank you for it today, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.